Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and we have got some things to talk about. Um, well, one of the three amigos won't be with us today. Uh, Ryan Sykes has to do the adult thing and had to go away for his job, you know, at some meeting or something. So, you know, he ditched us, but that's okay. We understand <laughs> because he's got to bring home the bacon, right? But fear not, folks, because we have with us the Emperor of Analytics, the Prince of PDO, the Count of Corsi. He's the one. He's the only. He's Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? How's it going? Not, Good to see you. Not too much. Not too much. You know, just uh, enjoying the seat living on the East Coast. I get to enjoy these East Coast games because they're at 7 o'clock for me. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I noticed that. So, it's you know, I don't have to stay up till one thirty in the morning watching Kings games. Makes it easy for you, I bet. Well, I've got some sleep, so I feel all sorts of energetic today. So, <laughs> oh, there we go. That should make for a fun, fun episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, fun or infamous, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, our Kings Sunday started their road trip in New Jersey with a, a three to two win over the Devils. Uh, looked kind of precarious at first, but the guys pulled it out. That, that's what you got to do when you're on the road, and you you get those points any way you can. A uh, little bit of a surprise. They played uh, or they faced off against John Gillies instead of Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows, the the Devils did place Mackenzie Blackwood on IR today, so they would have been facing Gillies either way. Uh, the following night, which would be last night, uh, went to Madison Square Garden for a rematch of the 2014 Stanley Cup Final, which uh, 
I, I know a lot of Rangers fans here don't like to hear about that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Kings fell three to two in the shootout. So let's let's recap those those games really quick. Uh, what'd you see in the New Jersey game, Russ, that you liked and what you didn't like? Yeah, it was like you mentioned, it was kind of a shaky all around game, I guess, from both teams. It, there wasn't really one team that really kind of grabbed the the reins and kind of kept control of the game throughout the entire sixty minutes. It was almost just like kind of like a, a bumpy ride throughout. Um, Cal Peterson, he, he, I mean, he got the win. Obviously, it's a great thing, um, but he did look a little shaky. I mean, you were, he was giving up a, a, a lot of rebounds that were going, bouncing right in front of him, and he didn't really seem to feel that comfortable in net. Um, but he came through in the, t- in the times when the Kings needed him, so th- that was good to see. And then you have to like the shot that you saw from Ayafalo and the shot from Harvison, oh. and then and then also Carl Grunstrom. It was just really like a a good shooting display um, from a Kings uh, perspective that we really haven't seen throughout the season. So hopefully they can continue that sniper capability that they showed that game and have it go on uh, through the the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, shaky game in terms of uh, from a Kings uh, standpoint, and it wasn't really that kind of coursey driven game where they kind of keep control of the whole game. Um, They just kind of had the shots and took advantage of the opportunities. So it was good to see. It was good to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was nice to see the, the human bowling ball, Carl Gunnstrom, get one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you mentioned Cal Peterson looking shaky. And I, I got to wonder if that's just not maybe a, a result of him not playing as much as well as he was anyway earlier in the season. And, of course, in the last season as well. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think, though, they're, they're going to need to get him in more games going down the stretch. Uh, if we're going to be legit playoff contenders, I think we talked about this before. You just can't run Jonathan Quick into the ground, you know, not anymore. And so, you know, it's good for Cal to get that win to get his confidence back too. What do you, you want to see him get his swagger going? You know, mm-hmm. because you know that rough spot that he he's been suffering through the season. I I got to tell you, man, I don't think that's the real Cal Peterson. I think that there the numbers are, don't suggest how good he really is. So I think he'll straighten it out as we get going. The Rangers game, which is always a, a fun one because, you know, it just seems like the um, the Rangers and Kings have this great, almost like hidden rivalry in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of history between those two teams, even without the cup final, right? You had the, uh, the, the first ever outdoor game in Vegas was between the Rangers and the Kings, right? So many great players on both sides. You know, you, you think of the Wayne Gretzky's, you think of the Luke Robitaille's. Marcel Dion played for the Kings mm-hmm. and the Rangers. So it's always a fun time when they get together. So what did you see in that game? Well, Jonathan Quick steals another point for L.A. I guess so. <laughs> that's pretty guess That's so. pretty much the case. I mean, when it, the Kings have kind of have just been leaning on Jonathan to really keep them afloat in the standings, and we're, we're seeing that happen almost night in and night out. I mean, he's had his shaky games, but last night that wasn't the case. He's just making big save after big save. And what was kind of cool about watching that game, um, I was watching on the Rangers telecast. So in between oh, periods, me too. Yeah, in between periods in the studio is Henrik Lundqvist. So you're kind of hearing Lundqvist give his analysis on, on Jonathan Quick, and, and it's just great to hear um, just another goal, Hall of Fame goaltender give his analysis on what he's seen from Jonathan Quick and – um, during that intermission, he was talking about how Quick is, is always able to get a strong push off his right leg. He's always down on his right leg. And you, you're watching the highlights, and it's like, wow, it's really evident um, from all the big saves that he made. You notice that he's down on the right leg and making that um, push off that knee. Um, but just in the game throughout, 
Kings score a power play goal. That's great to see. They give up another power play goal. That's not great to yeah. see. That's five straight <laughs> games that they've given up a power play goal now. I think it's the first time since 2019 that's happened. So right. that's some, I mean, penalty kill is just something that's just got to be fixed. But, um, I mean, it was just, it was a really entertaining game from both sides. I mean, it was just unfortunate yeah. after watching the NFL playoffs when you see the Bills Chiefs game, it's kind of like comparing it to that. It's just a lot of explosive, entertaining value throughout the game. And then it just has to, end with some a shootout or in this case for the Kings it was a shootout that had, they had to unfortunately lose the point and in the football game was the dumb overtime rules that the NFL is still oh, implementing um, yeah. but yeah I mean Quinn Byfield scoring a shootout goal that was really cool to see um, we'll talk about his playing time coming up here um, but I mean back to back New Jersey and then you ho- head into Madison Square Garden for the and play against the Rangers a team that's been playing really well throughout the year um, and mm-hmm. to just grab a point and, and to play a game where uh, I wouldn't say I – know, I know I said they leaned on Jonathan Quick. I mean, but they had their opportunities, and they showed flash throughout the game. Um, sure. we're, we're waiting to hear what happens with Brendan Lemieux and his five-minute major. So for uh, the Kings to show that gritty effort when they're playing with only 11 forwards and to grab a point out of it um, on the end of a back-to-back, that's, that's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you mentioned, watching on, I have to watch on the Rangers broadcast, and I had to watch the New Jersey broadcast, and I will have to watch the Islanders broadcast on Thursday night because of where I live, it's the local rules, you know, the blackout rules and all that. Uh, but, you know, and I've mentioned this before, sometimes it's fun to watch a Kings game on another team's broadcast because mm-hmm. you get a little bit different of a perspective, right? Sometimes exactly. we kind of get so tunnel-visioned on what we think and what we see that – and the one the one thing that the Rangers broadcast noted, and they and they actually they they said it in the LA uh, the game that was in LA as well, was that the Kings are a significantly faster team now than what they're used to seeing. So, you know, East Coast teams are, are had just gotten so used to the Kings being all 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 bash and no flash, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's kind of turned around. So they're not that they're not the big bad scary Kings anymore as far as size wise, but they can skate with just about anybody now. And that bodes well against a team like the Rangers who are speed demons personified, really. Uh, yeah, you're right. We're going to see what happens with Brendan Lemieux. Um, I have a feeling there might be a suspension coming out of that, uh, especially given past history and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's going to open up some playing time for somebody else as well. Uh, but, you know, what that game last night was one of those games nobody deserved to lose. Exactly. Right? And that's mm-hmm. and it's honestly, dude, that's kind of why I just hate the shootout so much. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you're done with the, the, the overtime and especially with, well, of course, they didn't get to play three on three last night. Because if you recall, yeah. the Kings went into the overtime shorthanded. So it was a four on three. And then there was absolutely no whistles. <laughs> None. <laughs> so it was four on four the rest of the way. So that was interesting in itself as well. Uh, but, you know, it was really interesting about that, too. I mean, it was the first meeting of uh, Alexei Lafreniere and Quentin Byfield. That's right. Two yeah. picks of the, you know, the, the draft. And because By- uh, Byfield did not play in the game in L.A. And how is this like foreshadowing or what? You know, you get to the shootout, Byfield scores, and then Lafreniere is the next guy and he scores. So mm-hmm. I-, I just think that's honestly, I think going forward, this rivalry is probably going to pick up in intensity because I could see it in a couple of years when the Kings prospects have all developed 
the Rangers prospects are a little bit further ahead, but they started their rebuild a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is going to be a fun rivalry once again. And I personally can't wait for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure Gerard Gallant had, had that in the back of his mind. Like, okay, well, if they're going to trot out Quinton and he's, I mean, you have to do it. I mean, it would have been great if Lafreniere didn't score. I mean, I'm sure they right. talked all today. How it would have been about, oh, Quinton is the higher pick out of him. But, I mean, if you just look at those top three picks with Lafreniere, Byfield, and Stutzla, those those three are always going to be inter, inter, or talked about sure. as far as the, the best three, and they're always going to be compared. And now that with the Rangers are, are playing a really good game of hockey and they have a lot of good young talent, I mean, Adam Fox is a really, really great player. Um, and then you still have Panarin and Zabinajad. That's a that's a good team that's going to be good for quite a while. And then Kings are now starting to come up. That's going to be an interesting rivalry. Maybe we see 2014 repeat itself in the near future. Yeah, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be, be great. <laughs> well, it would be so long as you're right. Exactly, 2014. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, let's talk about Quentin Byfield for a minute because, um, you know, obviously he's back with the Kings after, you know, his, his quick rehab there in Ontario where he was lighting it up. Uh, but he seems to be kind of protected in the lineup right now. Uh, not getting as many minutes as some some would like to see, myself included. I'd love to see him play a little bit more. Maybe he will, with depending on what happens with this. Uh, if Lemieux gets suspended and how they juggle the lineup around there, that's to be re- that remains to be seen. But is this a smart course of action for the team right now to kind of protect him in certain situations? I think it is. I mean, to an extent, I will say. I mean, we talk about the first game. He played 15 minutes. I mean, for for that to be your first game of the season as a 19-year-old against players like McCarr, McKinnon, Rantanen, that that fully loaded Avalanche team, that's that's a quite a hefty load for um, a player like Byfield. Um, and, but now we've, we're starting to see his minutes be brought down a little bit on, on the road. And and I think, obviously, I would like to see Byfield play more. But I think it's just justified for this, the status or where the Kings are right now. I mean, they're trying to win games. They're not trying sure. to – I mean, obviously developing their prospects is, is definitely something they, they want to have happen and when they, they want to show progress in the pro- prospects. But that's not the primary goal. The primary goal is to stay afloat in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference. So when you have players like Kopitar and Deneau playing in front of Byfield, limiting Byfield's minutes isn't the worst thing. I mean – you want Byfield out there playing 15, 16, 17 minutes a night, and then that's just only going to bring down Deneau's and Kopitar's minutes. Um, sure. So, I mean, I, I've talked about this on Twitter with a, a handful of people have talked about this with me. And what I've noticed is that the Kings are only playing him in, in positions or opportunities where he can succeed offensively. They're not giving him any zone or defensive zone faceoff time. If you're not, if you watch the games, he's not really seen that. It's only really after icings or anything. So, and especially with the road, with the the away teams getting the last change, it's harder for them to find the matchups um, that sure. McClellan would like uh, to have Byfield get. You don't want to be sending Byfield out there for a defensive zone draw against a player like Artemi Panarin or Zabinajad. And I mean, that's exactly who right. the other team. I mean, whenever. Uh, an opponent's coach or when the opposing coach is going to see a player like Byfield on the ice, they're definitely going to throw him out there against um, the best players that they can get. Because sure. I mean, we all know we watch Quentin Byfield play. And then the first game he was just 
Oh, like he was great. It's like I, I thought he was one of the best players on the ice. You look at the advanced stats; it showed that he led the led the game in individual expected goals. He led in Corsi expected goals percentage. It was everything, and and that was evident when you watched the game. But now on the road, now he's going to get against matchups that the Kings can't really. They don't have the right yeah, to the say control. Over. They can't right. no control. Yeah, exactly. So it's harder right. for them to have that. Um, so I think we'll just see Quentin Byfield start to his, his minutes be around this time or be around 9, 10, 11 um, each game and hopefully sprinkle in a little bit of power play time because I think that's the best opportunity to show right. um, his skill set. And then um, maybe we'll see those minutes elevated. But right now it just makes a lot of sense for them to kind of keep him sheltered a bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, you mentioned all the uh, the advanced stats numbers, which I still don't understand a lot of to this day. I, well, you know that. Uh, we can, you know, we'll talk about this later. We got to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm more of an eye test kind of guy. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you something, he has passed the eye test. There's no doubt about it. He's looked. He looks like he belongs, right? Exactly. You know, there's some players that come up and they're, they're tentative at first. So I, Quentin Byfield looks like he belongs in the NHL. There's just no doubt about that. And you're right. It's so smart to, especially on the road, to not, you know, throw him completely into the fire, so to speak. And what helps, too, is that Blake Lazat has been playing out of his mind as of late. So that gives the Kings another option at center, too, where they don't have to, you know, put Byfield in all those really hard situations at at first. I mean, eventually, yeah, he's going to have to play in those. But for right now, it's the ideal situation. Yeah, yeah, and I I just, yeah, I I think, I think when they get back home, you'll see his minutes increase a little bit too. Uh, But for right now, you you, you got to, you got to let Dano, you got to let Kopitar have their playing time. And like I said, you know, Lazat has earned more playing time. Mm -hmm. He's earned it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that too. Uh, But we'll see what happens. I, um, like I said, I think going forward, I don't think there's any way we see him back down in the AHL unless it's on a, like a, God forbid if something happens and he's got to go back down for, you know, a quick rehab assignment or something like that. Let's not hope, let's hope that does not happen. Okay. (laughs) But speaking of the AHL, so we had talked about this Lemieux potential suspension, which by the way, we're recording here. Well, it's what? 131 here in the East, 131 in the afternoon, uh, Tuesday afternoon. So it's uh, 1031 out there in LA. We're watching Twitter. We're keeping an eye on Twitter for you folks to see uh, what's going to happen with Mr. Lemieux. If he does get suspended, is it Turcotte time? I think so. Turcotte or Fagamo. I think either one of them would be a great option. I, I don't think they'd probably be playing on the fourth line um, with uh, Lazat and Kaliev, although Turcotte, Lazat, and Kaliev um, would be kind of an interesting dynamic yeah. with the chemistry that Turcotte and Kaliev have. But, yeah, I mean, just hypothetically, if Lemieux did get suspended or just, I guess, talking about um, the lineup as a whole, right now I guess the biggest question that everyone's asking is, is this the third line that, or are these the linemates that Quentin Byfield is going to see for the rest of the season? And, I mean, right now they've been playing pretty good. I mean, they, they played really well against the Avs at home. Um, the New Jersey game, Carl Grundstrom had a goal. And then uh, against the Rangers, I didn't think they really looked out of place. So, We'll see what happens if there is any sort of lineup configuration. I, as far as Turcotte, I think it'd be great to see him playing alongside Quentin Byfield. It gives them another centerman who has that defensive responsibility mindset to help out Absolutely. with Quentin in case he wants to be a little bit more aggressive 
in the offensive zone, or maybe we see him just slot right in if um, that Lemieux suspension happens with uh, Lazat and Kaliev. But right now, it's you, you're kind of hoping to see a little bit more out of Dustin Brown, uh, maybe Carl Grundstrom. I know, I know he had that goal, but just a little bit more out of him. Um, Dustin Brown especially, because he's just had an up-and-down season. I mean, he had 17 goals last year to lead the Kings in, in I think, 40 or 41 games that he played. Um, but this season, he's been up and down, and it's it's been a roller coaster ride from him. Um, I know playing him on the first line, it, it just hasn't really worked with Kopitar this season as far as it has to in past seasons. So I know there's some people have mentioned maybe sitting him for a game, letting him rest a bit. There there was one point when, when I was watching the game yesterday. There was there's just too many unforced errors from Dustin Brown. There was yeah. an unforced icing that I noticed, and I was like, man, that just doesn't seem like him. He's always a I'm going to take the puck up and just chip it down and try to create some havoc in the offensive zone. And you're not really seeing that um, from him as much. So I don't know if maybe there's just a chemistry issue. I mean, they really haven't practiced that much together. Um, Quentin Viper got called up, and then the next day they were – or that day they were playing together. So hopefully they can get some more practice time together. And maybe if there is any – someone or any absences from the lineup, maybe we do see Turcotte slide in or maybe even a Fagimo or – or who knows, maybe Martin Furk, who's been just tearing yeah, it up no right kidding, now right? for the for the rain. So, uh, yeah, there's there's options there for the Kings, and uh, there's some scoring opportunities and some players that can help out with scoring that they desperately need right now. Oh, absolutely, and you know what? I and it, of course you you never ever want to see somebody like Dustin Brown out of the lineup, given everything he's done for the franchise and what he's meant to this team. But on the other hand, you got to figure with his age and his experience. Maybe a gamer, you know, a game every once in a while, you know, being scratched would actually help him going forward just to rest him up a little bit because of that, that hard nosed physical style that he plays. It's not like he's a ballerina out there. You know, yeah. he, he's out there, he's banging, he's hitting, doing everything he's got, creating havoc in front of the net. So resting him up might not be such a bad idea. And it gives a chance for some others to get into the lineup as well. Um, so far, so good on this road trip. Three, three points out of four. You know, that you can't complain about that. Upcoming, we got the Islanders on Thursday night. You got, let's see, the Flyers Saturday, the Penguins Sunday, and then the Red Wings to finish off the road trip before they head back home. You know, Russ, I, I think that obviously with this great start, a, a 500 road trip at least should be expected at this point. Um, you know, the Islanders, yeah, I know where they are in the standings, but they're always a tough game. Mm-hmm. You know, Philly's a winnable game. Pittsburgh's going to be a battle. I mean, I know what the Kings did to them. They manhandled them at the crypto.com arena, you know, a few weeks. I still got to get used to saying it's that. It's a mouthful, it's, huh? Oh, God. You just got to start calling it the crypt and be done with it, you know. Uh, and, and then they go to the Little Cedars arena in Detroit, where actually Detroit is a very tough team at home. But, like I said, I, I think a, a 500 road trip is certainly should not, not even be out of the question. It should be expected. What do you think? Yeah, the the Islanders and Kings they play a really similar type of game. So you're, I mean, expecting like a two to one low low dynamic. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that type of game. I mean, when one two one three one teams play against each other, they're just kind of staring at each other with the puck until something happens. So we're <laughs> expecting that to happen with this game as well. But yeah, I mean, they played really well against the Penguins at home and. Um, that's a lot easier when you have the last change to match up against players like Crosby or Malkin. And we'll see what happens when they go into 
um, Pittsburgh for that one. Um, but yeah, there's some winner bowl games on this, on this road trip and a uh, even, uh, or 500, uh, record during this road trip shouldn't, shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for the Kings. I can even see that maybe going above 500, um, maybe sure. grabbing some wins against, uh, Detroit or maybe even stealing something against Pittsburgh and, and playing pretty, pretty well against New York. So, uh, yeah, it's, if, if they can grab be 500 on this, uh, long road trip, it's the longest road trip of the season. I, I don't think there's any complaints from a Kings fan point of view. Well, you know what's so nice about having Philip Deneau now is that you can match up Kopitar and Deneau against the Crosbys and the Melkins of the world, right? Exactly. So, I mean, that's a that's a huge advantage for the Kings, actually. And, you know, as, and of course, as Kings fans, we are paying attention to the standings every day because guess what, folks? It's exciting. Again, we're, we're mm-hmm. thinking playoffs here. And I'm looking at the standings right now. They're in third place, right? I still think that a top three finish in this division is certainly doable. The only teams that really kind of make me nervous right now, to be perfectly honest with you, are Edmonton and Calgary, just because of all the games they have in hand. Uh, yeah. Looking at the, So the Kings have played 43 games, and the Oilers and the Flames have each only played 37. So I know they got games coming up against those those two teams, and those are gonna, those are going to be games you got to win. Got to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, you know, Russ, I'm looking at this. You know, they're right there neck and neck with Anaheim. They got one game in hand on Anaheim. And we're at about, you know, you're at the halfway point. So you really can't count on games in hand or, you know, say, oh, that other team's got five games in hand on us. We're done. You know, it <laughs> does not matter. Right. But as, as I say that, it it is kind of uh, nerve wracking to see the, the Canadian or the the province of Alberta teams have that many games in hand, but we're going to see what happens. Um, let's move on to something else. So, and the one, the, the hot topic that everybody loves to talk about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know you've been just chomping at the bit to talk about this. So here's your <laughs> moment to shine, brother. Jacob Chikrin. It is true. He is available. Um, rumor mill, of course, rumor mill is rumor mill, right? Just, mm-hmm. I think every team can say that they're in on them, but not really. Uh, but it keeps kind of coming back to it's coming down to the Kings in Anaheim for the services of Jacob Chikrin. Uh, You know what? I'll, I'm going to let you speak on this, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I would not mind seeing the Kings basically say to the say to the Coyotes, "All right, who do you want other than Quentin Byfield?" Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's we've talked about this before, and I think we talked about this a little bit last season, um, heading close to the trade deadline or just talking about players that the Kings should get. But, I mean, Jacob Chickman just makes sense. I mean, you look at everything that the Kings have as far as um, what they have now, what they have coming up in the future, there's no real left-shot defenseman that's really that dynamic of a player that can match the capabilities that Jacob Chickman um, brings to the ice. So, when a player like that, who's I believe he's 24 years old on a $4.5 million yeah. deal for like the next three years, three or four years, God, man, I mean, we've talked we talked about Jack Eichel being a great fit for L.A. I mean, Jacob Chickren's even better. And I think he's yeah. going to be bring he's going to bring in a bigger package than Jack Eichel, uh, especially with the, um, the salary of the cap hit that he's going to have. So there there's been reports that Jeff Merrick um, reported from Sportsnet that there was uh, a team that offered him or they're asking, I'm not sure which way it was that it was going to be two former first round players and a first round pick. And when I heard that, I'm like, man, the Kings could easily match that. Like that's, I mean, any, 
any trade or any player that's rumored out there that's a young player that's not really like a rental or just looking to win a cup now, um, the Kings should always be in on. I mean, they have the Absolutely. packages for, they have the picks, they have the prospects. I mean, it's just really about whether Rob Blake wants to pull the trigger. I mean, the Kings should be able to outbid really any team that's looking for futures, I guess, not necessarily rostered players, but if a, a team like the Coyotes especially is looking for future talent, the Kings should be right up there as far as putting in a bid to match with a team like Anaheim or Florida. I mean, I heard Florida offering Anton Lundell, and that's just, I mean, if I'm the Coyotes, I'd take that trade right away because I think Lundell, I think he's almost just as good as Quentin Byfield. That's how high I'm on Anton Lundell, but I mean, for so when you look at a Kings standpoint, if they're looking at trying to get, or the Coyotes are looking at trying to get two former first round players in a first round pick, I I made the assumption that Tobias Bjornfoot and a player like Rasmus Kupari or Alex Turcotte with the first round pick would possibly be included, and and I say Tobias Bjornfoot because he's a left shot defenseman, he's twenty years old, he's young, and he was he's was a uh, defensive pair with Victor Soderstrom. Who is oh. uh, the yeah? Who was the Coyotes? One of the Coyotes' top defensive prospects. So That's it would just right. that just makes a, a whole t- a whole lot of sense from a Coyotes' point of view and from a Kings' point sure. of view. You trade Bjornfoot, you slot him in, you you trade him out for Chikrin. Now you have a really good top four with Anderson, Dowdy, Chikrin, and Roy, and then you have Dursey on the on the, the uh, fifth or sixth roll to play with uh, Mata. I mean, that's a really good defensive group to have for now and for the future when you have Brant Clark coming in next season. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from a Kings standpoint, it's just bringing in Chikrin, just, it, it just makes a lot of sense. And I, it's just whether right now we're just kind of waiting to see if Rob Blake wants to pull the trigger. I don't know if this trade will happen before the trade deadline. This seems like more of a bigger package to happen in the offseason. I'm looking at more closer to the draft that this happens, but apparently Elliot Friedman has talked about the Coyotes want this to happen sooner rather than later. And I know in two seasons, Chikrin's modified no trade clause comes in. So if the Coyotes are looking to trade him, we could be looking at this happening um, a lot sooner than we think. Well, and you know what? It makes this, it makes more sense for the Kings to do it now too, rather than wait for the off season. You're in a playoff push, right? Mm-hmm. And Jacob Chikrin is going to help that. So, to be perfectly honest with you, we've talked about this before. The Kings actually have too many players. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> they're, uh-huh. You know, they're, they're doing this huge game of musical chairs right now, but eventually, you know, the taxi squads are going to go away and all that. The music's going to stop, and there's going to be some players just standing there without a chair. So you got to do something. And like you just said, man, they have got so many prospects that, number one, they're not going to have room for all of them. They're just not whether, and I know, you know, we all want to hang out to prospects and watch them all develop into hall of famers and all that. Most of the times that that's not going to happen. So use those prospects while you can to get that piece. That's going to help get you over the hump because you bring Jacob Chickering in. And now there isn't, there should be no reason why the Kings can't contend for a playoff spot. No reason whatsoever. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And you've got the assets. You've got the capital to do it. Okay, so Florida offers this, Anaheim offers this. Rob Blake say, okay, well, here, I can throw in another prospect on top of that because we're <laughs> bursting at the seams with them. No problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it makes perfect sense to do this deal. I mean, would it be awesome if we talked about it and it happened tonight? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> a little, 
little premonition <laughs> there, but yeah, it's just it's it's just funny because I mean, yeah, like you said, there's just too many players. I mean, this has like almost been the mo or the, the I guess the theme of this season. I mean, there's three former first round picks that the Kings have that aren't even playing games right now. I mean, Velarde's yeah. playing with the rain. Kupari and Turcotte are on the taxi squad or are traveling with the team right now. Right. With the and then with the way now that Quentin Byfield's in the fold, the way Lazat's playing, you're getting contributions from players like Lemieux, Kempe's having an uh, all-star season. I mean, there's not a lot of room for these young kids to show up. Trevor Moore's having a great year. You weren't expecting that. So what happens now? And and that's kind of why we've just been waiting for this trade. We've been talking about a, tr- a big trade that includes these picks and prospects for a couple years now. And first it was Jack Eichel, and now it's going to be Jacob Chikrin. And, and it's just whether or not Rob Blake just wants to pull the trigger and can't think of a better player than Chikrin to add to this lineup than well, right now, I guess, to help with the playoff push. It's not just that, too. It's also coming going down the road, they got to make room. Right, because you got the you got Brant Clark coming, you got Martin Chromiak coming, Pinelli. I mean, you, there's mm-hmm. just the list. Simon Tyvel is going to be coming over from Finland at some at some point. We hope, right? Brock I mean, Faber is a U.S. Olympian. Brock Faber, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who I mean, could play this season? The list, the list goes on and on. So I mean, something has mm-hmm. got to give. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely say if if there's any player really worth the overpay overpay on him you know what and even if you got to throw in the first round draft pick for 2022 i realize that it's a deep draft i understand that and there's a lot of good players there but how many more players are we in a stockpile (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you you can only have so many before you have to start getting definitive assets back so i don't know like i said there's in my eyes there's absolutely no reason for the kings to not pull this deal off yeah, and like you said, no. like you can only have so many prospects, and that's kind of what we saw in the draft last season. Mark Yanetti and Rob Blake, they really took advantage of the, the prospect or the picks that they had to move up in the draft and grab players like um, Hellenius and Kersanoff and Pinelli, right. the, the players that they really wanted. So now you're starting to see them really notice, or I guess I'm sure them really notice that they have an abundance of, I guess, capital to use to do things and acquire players that they want to acquire. So we've talked about the defensive depth that the Kings have on the right side. You mentioned Faber, you have Granz, you have Clark, who's just lighting up the OHL. That's three really high profile and talented um, defensive prospects that aren't even with the Kings right now uh, with the right side that the Kings are, are going to have. That's going to look great. And Sean Dursey's just playing out of this world right now. And probably one of the more um, impressive rookies this season for the Kings. So when you talk about the left side, you have Mikey Anderson, who's going to be on the Kings probably for the, he probably might wear a letter for the Kings in the future. Tobias Bjornfoot is looking really good as a 20 year old. There's still that kind of hole there um, as far as um, defensive in the future. Kursanov is a left shot defenseman, but he's maybe got a couple years to come up. So just bringing in Chikov, like you said, just makes a whole lot of sense and just see how, if Rob Blake will um, pull the trigger on it. Well, and what Chikrin offers is that dynamic offensive element too and that's that's mm-hmm. the whole thing you know uh yeah so you know speaking of brant clark do you think he's going to come up for nine this year there's a chance i was actually thinking about that too yesterday it's funny you asked um <laughs> let's see maybe 
if uh, Barry's season just ends earlier than expected, uh, with uh, who knows what the OHL is going on, if they go to the Memorial Cup or not, yeah, if that mm-hmm. season ends, who knows? Maybe the Kings want to bring him up for a cup of coffee. And Brock Faber, though, you got to think about him too. What what happens with him? Yeah. When his season ends. I think. I think if it, I think I don't. I don't believe we'll see Brant Clark with the Kings this year. I think we'll. It's more than likely we'll see him with the rain maybe toward the end of the season. Kind of what like what we mm-hmm. saw with. Uh, Martin Kromiak last year, how he got right. uh, a little snippet. I think he got like one or two games with the rain, but he was able to train with the staff and, and practice sure. for the team. So that was kind of good to see to get that, that chemistry going. But yeah, there's a, there's a, that opportunity is there and it exists. So in case the Barry season ends earlier than expected, maybe there's a chance we see Brent Clark with the Kings and maybe even um, finish out the, the year with LA. Yeah, you never know. And you know what? So something that just kind of gets forgotten in all this is next year the Kings are going to have Sean Walker back. Yeah, yeah, and he's signed a you know, really so inexpensive there's that deal. Too. <laughs> you know, so actually, <laughs> honestly, that might be somebody Arizona will be interested in too because he's got a really cheap cap hit. You know, he's a solid mm-hmm. player. He really is. So, yeah. you know, there's that too. I mean, just the, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coyotes, we have a sale going on. Just grab whoever you want. Just send us a we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll just figure it out. Don't pick worry your, about pick, it. Yeah, exactly. It will be just a future considerations. It'll be many future considerations. <laughs> exactly. It's going to cost a it's, lot for, for a player like him. Yeah, there's well, no doubt about it. But again, it's like we said, certainly worth the overpay. So by all means, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Let's make this deal happen. Anyways, I think that's uh, that's about all we got, my friend. Uh, it was great catching up with you again. You know, we should do this more often. We really should. Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but we got to get Ryan back. And you know what? In my my overzealousness to start this show, I forgot to mention our social media channels. How could I? Yeah. You know? So, of course, we're on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty and Royalty underscore Pod. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're, we're all over the place, man, under Hockey mm-hmm. Royalty. And you know what, Ross? You have got one heck of a Twitter account going on there. Uh, just King's information constantly being tossed out to the fans out there. So what is that Twitter handle? Yeah, it's it's uh, good to see you. I always love com- uh, having conversations with the fans. So anybody that wants to talk to me or ask me questions about anything I'm talking about, you can find me at NHL Russell on Twitter. Um, I'm always throwing out analytic stats. So I love kind of bringing that to light and kind of helping fans learn a little bit more about um, the progressive thoughts, I guess, or progressive stats that are coming across the NHL. So if you ever have a question about a stat or anything I share, don't hesitate to DM me. Uh, I'm always free to ask and ask me a question. I just, I just love talking hockey. So if you love talking about it, I, I, I do too. So. And someday I'll have to learn about those stats as well, but then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, inside joke. It's uh, yeah, I, I certainly just don't understand analytics. That's why he is the emperor of analytics is he understands them all. And it's great. <laughs> so anyways, that's all we got folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, hopefully next time we'll have Ryan back. We'll have to uh, bring mm-hmm. him away from work. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. but anyways, I'm Scott Kimball for Russell Morgan. We're signing off. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the hockey royalty podcast. Go Kings go. Go Kings.